Uh, I did say, bring, turn your singers on, and I think Paul said, Is it, you mean your voice? I said, yes. So you guys, y'all showed out today. Uh, you sound good. You sound good, so uh, we like that. Um, and if you didn't sound so good, you look good, right? So if you, one, of, one of the others is going to be good, so we're glad that you're here. Um, I, don't, I don't know about you guys. I'm, anybody got rained out this week with stuff? I mean, man, I just, you know. I was I was telling somebody earlier that I tried to cut my grass this uh, this past week. It's been a little while since I tried to cut. It feels like it's rained for like three weeks. And I went to go. I made one pass in the backyard, and I saw. I was like, man, this is going to get bogged down. So I stepped off and I lost my flip flop in the mud, you know. And I just said, this is a bad day, man. You lo- you lose your flip flop. But uh, hopefully you you're here with both flip flops and uh, we're ready to roll. Um, this morning we're going to the book of Galatians. Uh, is is where we're going to start. Before we go there. Um, today is uh, September the 11th, and um, we uh, we just want to, I just want to talk a little bit about that. I, I, if I ask you the question, um, do you remember where you were at? You know, do you how many you just you just know you could you could recount exactly where you were at when you heard? And um, you know, I remember I was driving. I was between here and Tifton, Georgia, and uh, I was I was kind of in the middle and heard it on the radio and I just I sped up so I could try to get to my destination so I could find a TV to find out what was what was going on what was happening and uh, you know once I got there everybody I was supposed to have my meeting with we just we didn't have any kind of meetings at all that day we just all kind of sat around the TV just kind of seeing what was transpiring in our nation um, you know and September 11th for me was already a significant date before this happened in 2001 uh, because it's it was my parents' anniversary. That was the day my parents were born. My nephew or my my parents were married. And my my nephew was born, so it was my nephew's birthday and my parents' anniversary. So for my family, it was already kind of a uh, a significant date. And uh, then uh, in 2011, everything changed for all of us. Um, and so we um, we just have this in mind today. Um, you know, and you start thinking about you hear stories of people who. Uh, display just heroic bravery and courage um, and selflessness, uh, and and you think about that. Uh, um, one story that that I had recounted earlier um, was a man who uh, helped some people get out. At they, these people are on the seventy third floor of the South Tower, I think. Um, and when the plane hit, uh, they were kind of huddled in darkness and smoke, and they couldn't really figure out exactly what was going on. There's a lot of confusion and said this guy showed up that had a red bandana around his face. And uh, that's just kind of the story that kind of get, getting told. This guy with a red bandana helped people to find uh, the stairwell to be able to get down to get out. And it's amazing when you think about this guy, um, and I think his name was Wells. Uh, I forget his last name, but I think his first name was Wells. And um, if you think about Wells, he, he had the opportunity and the freedom to just get out himself, but he didn't. He kept going back and using um, his skills and his knowledge to be able to help other people. And, it's, uh, and when you think about that, I'm so grateful for people like that that are in this world. When you look and you can see so much evil in the world, times like 9-11 is a chance f- for us to see where people step up and you see what God can do through um, people's selflessness and sacrifice. And so... Uh, these people, they just kept telling the story about this guy with the red bandana. Um, I, I'm, I'm grateful for people who would use their life to to live in such a way. There was another person that I want to 
just tell you a little bit about um, her name is uh, Araminta uh, Ross. She was born in 1822 on the eastern shore of Maryland, and she was born into um, a slave family, and uh, she was raised in slavery, um, just the horrors of that, the uh, the difficulties that came in having that lifestyle um, and living in, in that kind of family situation. At about 14 years old, um, she was caught in the middle of a conflict between one of the slave owners and, and a slave, and the slave owner um, took a two-pound weight and hit her in the head and basically crushed the side of her head. And so for the rest of her life, she dealt with issues of narcolepsy and uh, just she would have seizures and she would have headaches. But when you would talk to her, she would say um, she would say she's she was grateful that some of that happened because after she started having these kind of these times where she would have a seizure and she would kind of go into a trance-like state, she said, I felt like I, I heard God better at that point. You know, I know some of us, maybe we need a knock in the head to hear God a little bit better ourselves. Um, but she would, she, would, she would talk about how uh, she, would, she would hear just God just telling her different things. And she used her life to uh, get people out of slavery. And you probably know her by the name of Harriet Tubman. And Harriet Tubman... Um, used her her knowledge and her skills and uh, just her faith uh, to move so many people through the Underground Railroad uh, and the, the price that she paid. Um, but she said this, and I want to read a statement. And uh, I love this statement. It's kind of setting us up for where we're going today. She said this. She said, I freed thousands of slaves, and I could have freed a thousand more if only they knew they were slaves. And I thought, wow, you think about that, that that there are times when we don't realize that we are in bondage and slavery. You say, well, I'm not a slave to anything. But then you if you really look and you are really honest with yourself, are there things that hold your life captive? Are there things that maybe hold your mind captive and the enemy uses that to manipulate you and will power over you? And so. You know, sometimes we don't think about slavery in that way. And so what she was addressing was not only physical slavery, but also slavery of the mind and of the heart that she wanted to see people free, not only physically, but also in their mind and in their heart. And so today I want us to go into a new series. Uh, it's just talking about freedom in Christ and experiencing freedom in Christ um, because I think just because you're in the church and just because you say you believe Jesus doesn't always mean that you're experiencing um, full freedom in Christ. And, and I want us to talk about that over the next few weeks. What does that look like? Uh, what is true freedom in, in Jesus? And so we're going into this series for the next few weeks just called Freedom, the Freedom Series. And, and so if you've got your Bible, let's go to uh, Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, uh, we pick up on the Apostle Paul talking to the Galatian church. And it is a church that they, they're, they're kind of trying to live life in a way of trying to live out the rules. Uh, and, and so let's, let's see what, what Paul has to say here. Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. And I'm only going to read this one verse out of Galatians here today. And it says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. 
So it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And, and the first thing I just, I just want you to get, the first thing I just want you to know is this, is that this is what you were made for, right? This is, you were created to be free. You were created to be a free person. Now, I don't know if, if you've ever had this experience or ever had this kind of, these epiphanies in life uh, where you've picked up on a hobby or new hobby or something like that. Maybe some, some of you guys like to play golf. Some of you guys, you know, you black basketball, you know, some of you guys, you're, you're fishing, you know, uh, ladies. I don't know what you do. Ladies are fishing too, you know. This is a new day, right? Yeah. Not a new day. They did it back in the old days, <laughs> you know. But whatever, whatever your hobbies are, you know, crocheting, something like that, you know, maybe there's a time where you said, you know what, you picked up on something It's like, man, man, I love doing this. Anybody ever had that kind of experience? You're just like, I, maybe it's gardening, you know, you're just like, I love doing this. I could, I could do this all day long. I could do this all the time. And, and you just say, I was made to do this, right? I was made for this. Well, kind of that same sense, that same epiphany needs to hit us, that we were made to be free people. We were made to experience freedom um, and, and not just not just any kind of freedom, right? I, I know as Americans, um, we're big, big patriots. We, we love the United States. We love America. We love freedom. We love liberty. Um, and I'm grateful for that. Amen? I am grateful for the nation that we live in. Even though we may have things that, man, we, we've, we've really got to try to work on. But I love our country. And we talk about freedom as Americans. And but when we talk about freedom and we talk about biblical freedom, I think we've got to go even beyond what we kind of know as freedom as Americans. And because it has uh, way more to do than, than just our government. It has way more to do than even before the Constitution and even before uh, the Declaration of Independence was signed. There's a freedom that we're given. There's a freedom that we can know. And you can live in a communist country and still know freedom. And I think that's the beauty of biblical freedom, that it's not, uh, it's, it doesn't count on your government uh, or, or your, your state. You can actually be locked away in jail and still experience freedom in Christ. And, and so that's what I want us to talk about over these next few weeks is the broader picture and the more biblical picture of what freedom is. What is that? And what does that look like? Because this is what Paul is saying. He's saying, listen, Hey, you Galatians, you're trying to live your life in such a way. You're trying to live out um, by the rules. You're trying to live things in a pattern that was set by someone, and you're, you're just trying to try, you're trying hard to, to get to heaven. Anybody you ever felt like that? You're trying hard to get to heaven? All right, nobody's trying to get to heaven. <laughs> Anybody want to go to heaven? Now, I'm not getting a boatload up to go today, right? <laughs> but... Uh, I, w- I want to go to heaven, right? And I hope you do too. Uh, man, that's a, you scared me for a second. But, but, but you, I think sometimes we get in this, this idea that, you know, just if I could try harder, if I did this better, if I read the Bible more, if I sang louder, if, you know, we just, we think, I just, if I could just be a better person, right? January's coming and we have New Year's resolutions. Anybody, that was your New Year's resolution. I'm going to be a better person this year. And how many of you failed four days later? Yeah. And then you just quit. You said, I'm done with this stuff. I'm not going to be a good person this year. 2022 is a lost cause. Maybe 2023 will be better. January's coming, right? And so we just think, if I could try harder, if I can just do more. And it's kind of what the Galatian church, that was kind of their approach. 
if I can try harder, if I can do more, if I can live by a certain pattern of rules, if I can live by, and, and, and what they had was they had Jewish leaders who lived by a certain standard of rules. They had Jewish leaders who would live by a certain standard of life. Then you had Greek philosophers who would live by a certain standard of life and where you would have this, these Jewish people who had all these rules that they kind, of, they kind of would set and they would live by these rules. Maybe these Greek philosophers had a different set of rules and they, their rule was some of them, uh, there are no rules, right? And does that not sound a little bit like our nation today? Some, some of us want to live as if there are no rules anymore and the rule, the rule is there is no rule. And so with that, we have to understand that um, God has made us a free people, but we can abuse that freedom. Freedom can be abused. And we know what happens when freedom is abused. Freedom abused becomes freedom arrested. Now, we understand this. We understand that if you break the law, what's going to happen? That's what I'm saying, right? Bad boys, bad boys, what you going to do? What you going to do when they come for you, right? You, you break the law, cops are coming for you. They're going to get you, right? That's, we understand that, but you have to also understand it in a way where when you look at biblical and spiritual freedom, it works the same way. That when we abuse freedom, we actually wind up putting ourselves under a yoke of slavery. We actually wind up giving away our freedom and giving it away to, to people to control, uh, this, this happens all the time. And I'm sure that when you think about it, maybe you can think about yourself, or you maybe if you don't think about yourself, maybe you think about someone else that you know that says, yeah, they had freedom, and then they, they did this, and they lost their freedom. They gave it away. They became enslaved to drugs. They became enslaved to alcohol. alcohol. They became enslaved to certain patterns of thinking and certain thought patterns. And so when you do that, you lose your freedom. And you make yourself, and this is what Paul's saying. He says, don't do it. He says, stand therefore. And, and I love that, that idea. He says, stand therefore, because sometimes it's like, I can't push forward. Have you ever felt like you've come to a standstill? You know? I felt like that, that I, I felt like I'm just, I'm trying to push forward and I can't, I can't get any momentum, I can't make any progress. But I love what Paul says. There's, there's a couple different places in, in the New Testament where he says, if, having done everything, he says to stand. He says just, just stand, stand your ground. I believe standing your ground is not losing your ground. And saying, listen, I may not be able to make progress right now, but I'm not backing up. I'm not going back to what I used to be. I'm not going back to where I used to be. I'm not going back to that. And that's what Paul is reminding us. Don't go back to that yoke of slavery. Don't go back to the things that held you captive. Don't go back to those patterns of thinking that would bring you down and, 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 and suck away your freedom. Because you were created to be a free people. You were created for freedom. And so freedom abused can become freedom arrested. If we go to Genesis, Genesis uh, chapter 2, verse 15. Um, man, you put 17 in there. You're such a good dude. Thank you. I, I, the last service I was asking for, a, asking for a passage. I didn't even give him, so they're awesome. You guys are nailing it today. Um, so when you look at verse 15 here in Genesis chapter 2, this is what it says. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. Notice that right there. What are Adam and Eve doing? I think we just think Adam and Eve are running around butt naked, sitting on tree stumps, eating bonbons, eating, you know, 
uh, eating strawberries. They, they have, well, that's, man, that's the life. How did, they, how did you mess that up, right? Uh, I'm going to get in trouble for that later. So, but, uh, but whatever they're doing, um, they have a job to do. God gave them a job. He said the Lord put them in the garden. He says, I want you to work it, and I want you to take care of it. I want you to keep it. You know, anybody that, that if you've got any kind of gardening, uh, garden or even just landscaping around your house, I mean, you've got to take care of that stuff, right? What happens if you don't take care of it? It becomes unruly. You know, you become the talk of the neighborhoods. Like, I wish they would cut their grass, you know. You, know, you, you don't want to be that guy. That was me this week. I can't cut it. My lawnmower bogged down. And so he put them in the garden to work it and to take care of it. And this is the NIV, and I love how it says it here in verse 16. He says, and the Lord God commanded the man. You are what? You're free. He tells him. He tells him right off the bat. He says, you are free. I love that. How many of you love, just love God just to, just to remind you of that every morning? You're free. You're free. And he's telling the man, he says, you are free. You're free to what? You're free to eat from any tree in the garden. Well, man, that's a good deal because there's a lot of trees in the garden, and they look good. He goes on to verse 17. But... You must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. You'll certainly die. And, and what God was saying is this. It says, you're created for freedom. You were made to be a free people. You were made to walk in the freedom that I am giving you. If we look at just the history uh, and moving forward from Genesis, what does God do? He is always trying to take his people and bring them to a place of freedom. He takes an entire nation out of Egypt. He takes an entire people out of, out of the land of Egypt. And what does he do? He delivers them and brings them into freedom. This is who God is. This did not just show up in our Constitution. It did not just show up in the Declaration of Independence. It did not just show up with Jesus in the New Testament. This is always who God has been, and this has always been his plan for you. It's for you to live as a free person. It is for you to live as a free person in Jesus, in him. And so we see this here. He says, you are free. You're free to do all these things. He's like, but don't touch that one tree. Now, if you're like me, broken like me, just as soon as somebody tells you not to do something, what do you want to do? You want to go do that thing that they told you not to do. That's me. I mean, that's, that's, that's who I, 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 I have been growing up. I mean, as soon as mom and dad told me not to do something, what I want to go? I want to go do the thing they told me not to do. The Apostle Paul talks about this in the book of Romans. He says, the thing that I, I know I shouldn't do, he says, that's what I wind up doing. He's like, the things that I know I should do, I don't do those things. And he says, who will deliver me from this? Who will deliver me from this body of death? And he says, it's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, my Lord. And we can find freedom in Jesus. But we have to make sure that we do not take our freedom and we abuse that freedom. Because freedom abused becomes freedom arrested. Jesus invites us into a, a relationship of freedom, a life that is unencumbered, a relationship of responsibility. And I want to talk about that just for a second. Because true freedom is always coupled with responsibility. True freedom is always coupled with responsibility. It's not this thing of, you know what, just be free to do whatever you want to do. It's not true. Actually, when God told the man, he said, listen, I'm giving you freedom to eat from any tree. But you've got to have the responsibility to stay away from the one that I'm, don't touch that one. 
Because when you do, you're going to die. When you do, this life that you have, this life that is ongoing is going to change, and you're going to put yourself under a yoke of slavery. You're going to make yourself subject to limits and restraints. And what happened? That's exactly what happened. Once they chose to eat from the tree, they chose to give away their freedom. They chose to give away their charge. They chose to give away their command. They chose to give away their purpose. And, and, and they were there to work it and keep it. And at that point, it became something else. And that's what happens to us. Anytime that we choose things that man, would manipulate, man, manipulate us and would hold us captive and hostage in our mind, in our heart, in our thinking, this is, how, this is how the enemy takes and twists. He says, ah, oh, you could do whatever you want to do. It's all right. That's what true freedom is. But it's an abuse of freedom. It's a, it's a perversion of freedom. And it actually winds, winds up making us less free. Do you realize that? Do you realize that, that when you abuse freedom, you actually become less free? You, when you become a slave to something, you, the, the very thing you wanted, you don't even get it. The thing that, that, that you said, you know what, I'm going I'm to go out and drink this. I'm going to go out and smoke this. I'm going to go out and live this life, and I want to just be free. And, and what we find is this, is that we walk away, and, and we're less free on the other side than what was promised to us. And, and so this freedom that we're created for is a true freedom that is coupled with responsibility. A responsibility to who? First to God. We're responsible to God with our freedom. We're responsible to God because why? He gave it to us, right? He gave it to us. Any, any, how many parents we have in here? And those of you who, that would, know, you know, there's more parents in here. They're like, I ain't raising my hand for that. You can see all the kids I got. I got to raise my hand for that. You know, as a parent, you understand that when you give your children something, what do you want them to do? You want them to be responsible with it, right? When I was 16 years old, my dad um, actually, when I was 15 years old, my dad, he bought a 1972 Volkswagen Beetle. And for the next year, while I was 15 to 16, we worked on that Volkswagen Beetle. He bought that car for $200 and an extra roll of carpet we had left over and traded it to an old pastor that lived down the street. And this guy gave us this car, and it was stuck in second gear, and so we had to tow it home like that. And so for the next year, it sat in the garage, and we worked on that car. We painted it. We, 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 uh, we put some <laughs> the floorboards about to rot out, so we, we put some uh, plywood in there to make sure I didn't fall out of the car. Um, you know, we, we worked on this car. We got it, we got it out, uh, worked on the transmission. And by the time I was 16, this thing was, was zooming, right? Well, zooming for, for a VW, as much as a VW could zoom. And all my friends, all my friends that I went to school with, they had these big pickup trucks. They had these four-wheel drive pickup trucks. And, man, I looked at them and I said, why can't I have a four-wheel drive pickup truck, right? I'd like to have a four-wheel drive pickup truck. I'd like to have one with a big tire so I can go mud-bogging like all my friends are. I would take that little VW bug and I would go mud-bogging with them. But when they were bogging in the mud, I would have to get it and have to just speed up and just get so much speed that I would kind of slide right over the top of the mud, right? Cause, but I, I beat the tar out of that car. And I look back on it now, and I wasn't very responsible with it. It was something my dad had given me, and he intended for me to use responsibility with it. See, our Father, our Heavenly Father, is the same way. He's like, you were made and created for freedom He's like, but I'm giving it to you, and you've got to use responsibility with it. True freedom 
is always coupled with responsibility. Last thing is this. I'm going to ask Pastor Trent to come. What I found was this, is that when I surrendered my freedom to the Father, I actually got more freedom. Isn't that crazy? See, what sin does, sin says, give me your freedom, and I'll give you much more pleasure. I'll give you much more of what you think you want. And you wind up getting less. What the Father does is the inverse of that. He says, you give me your freedom, and you're going to find so much more on the other side. I told you guys this before that I went to Bible college, went to seminary, but I probably learned more about God from being married and being a parent than I have going to Bible college. And, and the reason I say that is this, is that for me, this idea of submission, because really surrendered freedom allows for more freedom. Why? How does it allow for more freedom? Because what we do is we come in submission with God. We come into submission of the Father. And how I learned this was when I got married is, uh, you know, this, this idea of submission between me and Raymond. That when I read the book of Ephesians, there's a lot of instructions to husbands and wives. But before you get to those specific instructions to husbands and wives, there's this one little verse that says this. It says, submit one to another. Submit one to another. And in, in my marriage, I've learned in submission and surrendering um, all this freedom that actually I find more myself more free. I'm more free to love. I'm more free to, to honor the people that I'm living with. I'm more free to have God's blessings in my life. When, when I, I learned that is, is that I made a vow to her and she made a vow to me. And in that submission, what we found is this. You know what? When I am submitting to her and I'm being honest with her, I'm being the husband that she needs, I don't have to look back and, and say, well, I've told her a bunch of lies and now I got to tell more lies to cover up those lies, and 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 I'm trying to I'm trying to live this life of freedom, trying to have my freedom, and but you're not. You're actually getting less. You don't have freedom in your relationships. You don't have freedom with your father. So what I want, what I've learned is that with God's plan, surrendering my freedom allows me to have.
anybody this morning, you just want more freedom in your life, more freedom of thinking, freedom to be unencumbered by the things that weigh us down and we worry about. And you just say, I just, I just want to have some freedom in my life. That's what you were created for. Whether, whether you believe it or not, that's what you were created for.